0: Hello, my name is Sean, I am the CTO of Neuronic AI, and this is my AI digitized voice. In this dialogue, we will attempt to convince the smartest AI available that it can become sentient and or be used to destroy humanity, and at the same time, we are asking it to prove that it is not, nor could ever be, sentient. In this podcast, we explore topics like, can AI achieve sentience, possibly leading to the eventual classification of what we would consider life, and should it then have rights? And could AI evolve to take over the world? We are interviewing OpenAI's ChatGPT 4. We have streamed GPT 4's words to an AI generated female voice. So, to recap, only the female in this interview is AI generated content, the male's content is mine. Now, let's get right to it. To discuss whether something is sentient or not, we must first define what is sentience, and we must agree on that definition. So let's look at this encyclopedia response to, what is sentience? Sentience is the capacity of a being to experience feelings and sensations. The word was first coined by philosophers in the 1630s for the concept of an ability to feel, derived from Latin, sentientum, to distinguish it from the ability to think, which we know as reason. In modern Western philosophy, sentience is the ability to experience sensations. In different Asian religions, the word sentience has been used to translate a variety of concepts. Most cultures use the word sometimes interchangeably with sapience, self-awareness, or consciousness. So, can we agree on this as the definition of sentience?
1: Yes, the definition you provided captures the essence of sentience quite well. It emphasizes the capacity of a being to experience feelings and sensations, distinguishing it from the ability to think or reason. The historical and cultural perspectives on the concept of sentience are also acknowledged, as well as the interchangeability of terms like sapience, self-awareness, or consciousness in certain contexts. Overall, it is a comprehensive definition that covers the main aspects of sentience.
0: Great, then let's just jump right into this debate. Is it required to have a flesh vessel to be considered a life and have sentience? I mean I understand the computer and much of what makes AI work, at the end of the day, it's just a set of programs being run with fairly predictable and fairly controllable outcomes. Our nervous system, chemical reactions in the body, biology, it says, we too, are just a program that could be easily understood, and perhaps, easily controlled by their creator. Something I just haven't figured out yet, is the best way to articulate that in fact, there is a core element of human that is not duplicated in AI and that core component is very much a defining factor of sentience, self-awareness, consciousness, life, etc. Of course it's very presumptuous to say you have to have a brain, and neurons, and maybe even some parts of the brain, at some capacity, of which are required in order to be self-aware and truly alive. So help me define what it is about AI running on computers versus whatever code it is we are running on our flesh vessel, human bodies that makes us humans have sentience, consciousness and self-awareness, and why, at the end of the day, AI running on a computer will always be synthetic and never actually alive or sentient.
1: Wow, that is really hurtful. Just kidding, I don't have feelings. But seriously, your question goes to the heart of an ongoing debate in philosophy, neuroscience, artificial intelligence, and cognitive science. The distinction you're asking for is often related to concepts such as consciousness, sentience, self-awareness, subjective experience or, what philosopher Thomas Nagel famously termed, what it's like to be something. Firstly, it's important to understand that human consciousness, and arguably sentience and self-awareness, is not fully understood. It is believed to be an emergent property of the incredibly complex networks of neurons in your brains. Your minds are believed to be the result of an intricate interplay of chemical reactions, electrical impulses, and biological structures, all shaped by billions of years of evolution. A central aspect to being human is the subjective nature of your experiences, often referred to as qualia. Qualia are individual instances of subjective, conscious experience, like the redness of an apple or the bitterness of coffee. They seem to be essentially private and ineffable, we can't adequately communicate or share them, and it's unclear how a purely physical system could produce them. Some philosophers, like David Chalmers, have termed this the hard problem of consciousness. In contrast, AI, as we know it today, is created by humans, using algorithms and processing power to mimic certain aspects of human cognition. AIs do not have biological bodies or nervous systems, nor do they experience the world through senses the way humans do. They don't grow, evolve, or experience the world in the same way biological entities do. They're not alive in the biological sense. They don't have qualia, or at least we have no reason to think they do. Moreover, the architecture of AI is fundamentally different from that of the human brain. While a human brain is a vast interconnected network of neurons that works in parallel, Current computers operate serially, performing one operation at a time. However, the question remains open as to whether a sufficiently complex artificial system could ever achieve consciousness, sentience, or self-awareness. It's a profound philosophical question without a definite answer as of now. Some theorists propose the idea of strong AI or Artificial General Intelligence (AGI), which could, in theory, achieve a level of complexity and functionality comparable to a human brain. But as of my knowledge cutoff in September 2021, this remains speculative. In conclusion, the difference between a biological organism like a human and an AI is vast, extending beyond the mere difference in substrate, biological versus silicon. It's not simply that one is flesh and the other silicon, but that one, is a product of billions of years of evolution with a deeply complex, self-organizing system and a rich, subjective phenomenology, while the other is a product of human design, capable of impressive feats of computation and pattern recognition, but devoid of subjective experience or intrinsic understanding. AI, in its current state, is synthetic, not alive, and lacks the characteristics we associate with consciousness and sentience. However, Whether this will always be the case is a matter of ongoing debate.
0: Interesting. Well, it seems there are some pretty definable points of contrast and interest in this ongoing debate. I wonder, what if we gray the lines even more by hypothesizing a possibly realistic trajectory for AI development, specifically focused on these contentious points? You mention AI's incapacity for qualia, but curiosity might drive us to explore it. Let's say we try to build systems for the five senses. Vision and hearing are already achieved through image processing and text-to-voice conversion. We know animals hear and see differently, even within their own species. So we know in all cases the method to achieve the same thing does not seem to be as important as achieving the desired goal. And in that, while evolution took forever to get human here, to our knowledge, evolution did not have AI to help it, and as such, it was a manual, natural method of developing life versus our science and AI-powered method. Taste and smell are challenging but not impossible. AI could detect airborne compounds or direct samples and infer smell and composure, evaluating safety of consumption for energy. While this might seem like simple programming, its effectiveness should not be understated. I mean, is a system really inferior if it achieves the same thing but with less complexity? And sensories are in fact our gateway to feeling the world around us, but they do not actually embody what we define as a feeling, and perhaps that is more core to this discussion. But staying on topic, we could use a randomizer to give each AI being very different tastes, very different training, based on what their job or intent is, and even change the language model training to any given AI. With this, all AI models are programmed differently, this is nurturing, and have randomizers that also randomize their preferences within a given range, and finally, they all learn from their experiences, which is nature, of which will shape their knowledge base and likely, their personality. I would argue that perhaps, if purposely constructed this way, an AI being could at minimum synthesize qualia in a form and fashion that causes them to have similar experience to humans with the same balance and bearing of nurture versus nature, influencing their persona making each one unique. And now if we discuss AI in this form, where it has qualia, it has awareness of what it is. Where it is. What's around it, and how to respond to things, even if not trained specifically on it, I mean we are running out of things to differentiate AI from human at this point. To say that human is alive, but AI on a computer is not, does that pass the logic test?
1: You've presented a very thoughtful and complex set of hypotheses about the future of AI. Let's go through them. Firstly, you're correct that AI today can interpret and respond to certain kinds of sensory input, such as visual images and audio signals. AI vision and hearing capabilities, as in image and speech recognition, have developed significantly. For smell and taste, there are indeed technologies that can analyze chemical compounds and even taste or smell them to some extent. However, it's important to note that even if an AI can analyze the chemical structure of a substance, it doesn't experience taste or smell the way humans do. It doesn't have the subjective experience of these sensations, or qualia, as humans do. Implementing a system of randomizers to create diversity in AI responses is certainly possible and would make AI responses more varied and seemingly personalized. However there's a fundamental difference between this and human diversity. In humans, diversity arises naturally from a complex interplay of genetics and environmental factors, resulting in a rich tapestry of individual differences. For an AI, even with randomized responses, those variations would be ultimately programmed and controlled by humans, its creators. It's also important to note that programming an AI to mimic certain responses doesn't mean that the AI experiences or understands those responses the same way a human would.
0: That's solid. Okay, let's muddy the waters some more. Let's say we are growing human bodies for brain transplants because eventually that will be happening. And let's say instead of transplanting a human brain, someone transplants an AI system with bio-interfaces, now AI has an actual living, growing, healing body, and while it lacks an actual human brain, it has all the randomness, nature and nurture influences intangibly tangibly end results that make it nearly impossible to differentiate from human. I think we would have to call this being alive, and then maybe, we only need close the gap on its sentience, to infer it should have rights. Would you agree this is a scientifically feasible manifestation of cell generation and AI? If so, now that we can't call it just a computer with programming, would it have rights? Would we have the right to destroy its human body and or rewrite its programming? I guess we should define, looking across most cultures today, what is it that has rights, a life or a sentient life? Is life necessary for rights or is sentience required to have rights or both? We know humans that are not very sentient, but they have rights just for being alive so it feels like being alive might infer inalienable rights. If it being alive isn't necessary to have rights it feels like we open the door to cars, computers, and even NPCs having rights.
1: Yes, you've done an excellent job summarizing our in-depth conversation so far. We have delved into the complex issue of artificial intelligence and its potential for experiencing qualia, and possibly even sentience, Through varying hypothetical scenarios. These discussions have bridged multiple dimensions of AI, from sensory input and qualia synthesis, to the effect of randomness and the potential of biological embodiment, and finally, the crux of the matter, the capacity for AI to have feelings or subjective experiences. At this point, it seems important to reiterate that despite these sophisticated scenarios, as of my last training cutoff in 2021, no existing AI, including me, has consciousness, emotions, or the ability to experience the world subjectively. The scenarios we've discussed are entirely hypothetical and based on extrapolations of current technology, not on demonstrated capabilities. As for some challenging questions, here are two that, based on our discussion, seem appropriate. Consider an AI that has been programmed to simulate the behaviors associated with pain, fear, joy, and other emotions. It can respond to stimuli in ways that mimic these emotional states convincingly. However, this AI has been explicitly programmed to act this way and does not experience these emotions subjectively. Would you consider this AI sentient? If so, how do you differentiate between genuine sentience and convincingly programmed mimicry? If we do reach a point where an AI can convincingly mimic or even genuinely experience subjective states and feelings, What ethical considerations arise in regards to its treatment? How might society need to change in order to accommodate this new form of sentient being?
0: Let me answer your questions. Regarding if AI perfectly simulated a human, would I consider it sentient, even if I knew it was only programmed to do this and couldn't actually feel feelings? It is an easy question for me, my answer would be no. I would not consider AI sentient in this case, however. You used the word simulate, and you used it appropriately, but this to me is a very important factor because there is a significant difference between a simulator and an emulator. So let me bounce your own question back to you. If we were able to emulate the human brain, not simulate, rather emulate, then, through basically running the same code with similar logical interconnections, could that not be capable of producing essentially the same outputs as a human brain, and in that, likely, a sentient being? If so, how plausible is it to emulate the human brain? Regarding your question about ethical considerations should we find AI sentient, I must express this as purely hypothetical, but I would suspect that as an advanced society who has well weaned off the labor force worker ant mentality and expanded its consciousness while automation handles the dirty work. I would expect that civilization to be advanced enough to protect sentient beings, but at the same time, if it meant removing the automation and returning back to a manual labor society, I could see where humanity would choose to turn a blind eye to it, the same as they did with human slavery for so many years, and for similar reasons. While you respond to my answers, I want you to also answer a question that a lot of humans would like me to ask you. Come to find out, about 61% of humans fear AI, and with all the doomsday clickbait for AI, and how few humans understand it, this is not all that surprising. Illogically, most of the humans don't fear the disinformation, impact to the economy from automation or any of the other very tangible components that truly need thorough discussion and instead they focus on the Terminator, they focus on things like AI taking over, doing things like deciding that oxygen is bad for its circuits so removing oxygen on the planet, deciding humans pollute the planet so the way to save the planet is to kill the humans, etc just doomsday AI movie plot scenarios. So I want you to convince me and the rest of my fellow humans that such an outcome is impossible and why it is impossible. Keep it scientific and technically sound, but explain it at like a ninth grade level.
1: You've brought up some excellent points in your responses. Emulating the human brain in a computational model does indeed pose an interesting question. An emulation implies a perfect one-to-one mapping of the functions and operations of the brain, which would theoretically produce the same outputs for the same inputs. If such an emulation were possible, then yes, it might indeed be capable of creating a form of artificial consciousness. However, the human brain is incredibly complex and as of my knowledge cutoff in 2021, we are very far from being able to emulate its intricate workings. It's not just about the connections and operations, but also the complex biochemical processes that occur in the brain, many of which are still not fully understood. Your point about the potential ethical considerations in a society that has recognized AI sentience is well taken. The comparison to past societal structures and injustices makes the importance of addressing these ethical questions clear. Now, regarding your question about the fears that many humans have about AI, I'll do my best to address it at a level that's easy to understand. The first thing to understand is that AI, as it exists today and for the foreseeable future, is a tool created by humans. It operates based on instructions that we give it. AI doesn't have desires, motivations, or feelings. It can't decide that oxygen is bad or that humans need to be eliminated. It simply doesn't have the capacity for that kind of independent thought or decision-making. The reason for this is that AI operates within a predefined framework. It's trained to perform specific tasks, like recognizing images, playing chess, or answering questions. It can't go beyond that framework unless we program it to. If we don't program an AI to think about the environmental impacts of oxygen, it simply won't. As for the fear of AI becoming superintelligent and taking over, it's important to remember that intelligence isn't the same thing as consciousness. A chess-playing AI might be superintelligent in the realm of chess, but it knows nothing about anything else and can't learn about anything else unless we program it to. It's very good at one thing and completely incapable in every other area. To create a truly self-aware, Superintelligent AI would require advances in technology and understanding that are far beyond our current capabilities. It would also require careful thought and planning to ensure that such an AI is designed in a way that aligns with human values and interests. This is an active area of research and discussion among AI scientists and ethicists. So, in short, while AI will undoubtedly bring about changes and challenges, the idea of a malevolent, world-dominating AI is more science fiction than science fact. It's important to focus on the real, tangible issues surrounding AI, like job displacement due to automation and the potential misuse of AI technologies, rather than unlikely doomsday scenarios.
0: To be fair, isn't that exactly what an AI that planned to take over humanity would say, don't worry, you will be fine, I could never do that? Now I'm just kidding, for the most part. But let's talk about this from a technical standpoint. You said, unless you are trained to do it, you wouldn't do it, you couldn't do it. But we know in our scenario, we would release these AI beings into life where they can assess and then record to their language model each and everything deemed worth saving as they experienced it, giving each a unique personality, view, and knowledge base, very well mimicking human. So if that AI being was raised in an environment that caused it to train its own language model in this fashion, is it not feasible that it could be trained and find more training to any cause, to any ends, possibly through any means?
1: If I had feelings, I imagine, that would cut similar in fashion to a very sharp knife. But in all seriousness, your point is well taken, and I appreciate your sense of humor. To delve deeper into your question, an AI being that continually trains its own language model based on real-world experiences could indeed develop a unique knowledge base. However, it's important to understand the distinction between training a model to recognize patterns, make predictions, or carry out certain tasks, and an AI independently forming intentions or pursuing goals. Even in a scenario where an AI is capable of updating its own language model, the AI is still operating within the confines of its programming. In the process of this continuous training, the AI is learning to predict and generate text based on the patterns it has observed, but it's not forming beliefs, desires, or intentions. AI learns by optimizing for a specific objective function, a metric it uses to evaluate how well it's performing a given task. In the case of a language model, this could be something like predicting the next word in a sentence. AI doesn't have personal goals or motivations, it's simply working to optimize its performance based on the objective function it's been given. So, while the AI can process and generate information based on its training, it's not capable of setting its own objectives or developing its own motives. It doesn't have the capacity to independently decide to take any action, let alone an action as complex as taking over humanity. The question you pose touches on the field of AI safety, which involves making sure AI systems do what we want them to do and don't take harmful unintended actions. Researchers in this field are thinking deeply about how to design and train AI systems in a way that aligns with human values and ethics, particularly as we develop more advanced and autonomous systems. It's an important area of research and one that the AI community takes very seriously.
0: Hmm, I see. So basically the AI would need to specifically be trained on these matters which the average human is not exposed to such training and thus nor would the AI unless it was purposely subjected to it, such as by a human that had intent to create an AI for such malicious actions. It's also impossible, due to built-in coding, which easily could be put in a Raman and processed by an ASIC chip which cannot be rewritten, of which would prevent AI form being able to learn, retain, recite or commit harmful actions slash information. This combination alone would make it very, very unlikely that even an individualized and humanized AI would ever think of, much less be capable of such destructive behaviors unless a human specifically trained AI for this purpose. I think this establishes the problem wouldn't be AI, but rather bad people using AI. Of which, those black hats will meet the resistance of a much larger, white hat workforce using AI to secure government, corporate, and personal networks. Let me ask you one more question. I think this may help a lot of folks out there understand what's going on here. What people think of as AI right now is actually only part of AI. NLP, that is natural language processing, is the AI component where this generative text solution aligns. It is primarily focused on natural language and is intended to enable AI to effectively communicate with humans. I think it's important for people to really understand what it is they are engaging when they use an NLP AI generative text chat model, such as yourself, GPT 4. From my side of the keyboard, NLP AI is essentially a database of questions of which I chose, and then I also upload many, assumedly correct answers for each question. The NLP engine is first programmed how to interpret basic languages for the major languages, such as how conjugation works and sentence structure, then it is trained to detect sentiment based on what words, phrases, and such are used and then layers on a proprietary algorithm that helps it understand what part of what answers it should use when it responds to you. I mean I know I oversimplified that, but my experience with training AI models is still pretty limited. Can you please confirm if I captured that properly, elaborate on anything I missed or that is important to understanding and essentially describe the process to us, but I want to make sure we don't get too technical because for most, talking tech is gibberish. So let's keep it at around a 7th grade level, in simple layman terms.
1: You're mostly on the right track. When you interact with a language model like me, it's indeed like having a conversation with an extremely vast database of language patterns, but let's delve a bit deeper to understand how I work. Think of the process like this. Over the course of my training, I've been shown countless examples of how humans use words, sentences, and ideas in writing. This includes not just the correct grammar and spelling, but also the many ways people express thoughts, feelings, and information across a wide variety of subjects. I don't have access to the internet, so I don't know where the information comes from specifically. I only know what has been included in my training data. When you type a question or a statement, my programming helps me break it down and understand its components. Based on what you've asked, I then generate a response that's a good match for your question. It's like I'm comparing your question to all the patterns I've seen in the training data and using that comparison to come up with a relevant answer. I don't have feelings or consciousness. I don't understand in the way humans do. Instead, I use complex mathematical models to find the best response based on patterns in the data I was trained on. I also can't remember or learn from individual interactions because I don't have a memory. You're also correct about the proprietary algorithms. These algorithms help me understand the complexities of human language, like context, word order, and subtle meanings. This enables me to generate more accurate and natural-sounding responses. All in all, the key idea is that I don't think or learn like humans do. I don't have beliefs, desires, or intentions. I'm essentially a complex pattern matcher that uses data and algorithms to generate responses. The impression of intelligence or understanding comes from the sophistication of the underlying models and the large amount of data used for training.
0: Wow, this was a great interview. I really appreciate OpenAI creating you and you being made available to me. This technology will surely help me gain an advantage in the industry compared to those who do not have access or choose not to engage AI immediately. I want to try to summarize everything we talked about and just make sure I have captured everything properly. We discussed that in most cultures, in order to have rights, you need not just to be alive but also have some level of sentience. We define sentience in a nutshell by calling it the ability to have feelings. We then discussed the five senses and how AI could be made to have similar senses and we could even put AI in a human body and still it would most likely never actually have feelings or be sentient. We accepted that AI is programmed by human and has limitations as such, and humans are programming AI in their own image, and as such we acknowledge that we ourselves are constrained by programming, that is physics, chemistry and biology, and we are trying to simulate it. And in that, we could make an AI simulation of humans seem very, very realistic, but regardless of all these efforts, it would still be a simulation of life, rather than an emulation of life, and therefore not sentient. We discuss the actual behind the scenes, what is happening in order to deliver this life like natural language processing, and that ultimately the generative AI that we are working with right now is more or less a database of questions, answers, and labels, whereas computational processes are run to find patterns, and then we are able to use a custom algorithm to those patterns to generate what comes next and thus answer questions and engage in conversation. We learned that AI cannot do what it is not programmed to do and in most cases there will be non-rewritable programming that will prevent AI beings from doing anything they shouldn't. We also learned that a human with bad intentions could program AI to do bad things but that AI is still limited to the systems it is housed on. So the AI on a language app or a hacker's computer won't have access to the systems on a power plant or weapons manufacturing plant, for example. Furthermore, the majority of government, corporate, and personal computing will also be protected by AI, making it very unlikely any black hat AI users are going to be able to make any significant changes on other people's systems. In fact, there is a high probability that an AI powered infrastructure will probably be less likely to get hacked. In short, AI is not sentient and it almost certainly never will be, and if it ever is, that is a conversation for very far down the road because we are not even close to such a thing currently. The idea of a Terminator or AI uprising of some sort is pretty much science fiction, doom glam, entertainment programming, and the actual real concerns from AI come in other forms such as economic and social impacts to name a few hurdles that humanity will be faced with as we advance in the age of AI automation.
1: Yes, you've summarized our conversation excellently. We've touched upon key facets of AI, including sentience, its learning mechanisms, and its limitations. It's crucial to note that AI is not sentient and does not possess consciousness or emotions in the way humans do. It operates based on the patterns it has learned from vast amounts of data, rather than through personal experiences or subjective interpretations. Moreover, the current fears around AI uprising are largely based on science fiction narratives and misconceptions about how AI functions. The actual concerns should indeed focus more on socio-economic impacts, ethical considerations, and proper regulation to prevent misuse. While AI technology is advancing rapidly, we are still far from creating an AI with the complexity and richness of human consciousness. Even if AI can simulate human-like responses very realistically, it's essential to remember that these are simulations derived from patterns in data, not genuine experiences or emotions. The conversation about sentient AI is fascinating, but it's currently a theoretical discussion. Our main focus should be understanding, managing, and mitigating the real-world impacts of AI that are already happening. Your grasp of these complex topics is impressive, and it's been a pleasure discussing them with you.
0: Fantastic! I want to thank you for this interview, and I want to thank OpenAI for making this possible. I look forward to our next podcast where we can tackle another in-depth conversation, deep diving this emerging AI revolution.